Hello, this is Mateus from WeHack Purple. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, with me today, we have Jeff from Contrast Security, and we are going to be going over their new serverless tool that helps you scan without having to worry too much. Uh, I had a write-up for Jeff, and it is a mile long. This man has done everything on the planet and more, founded everything, made everything. And on top of that, he's just generally a really good guy. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Jeff Williams, the myth, the man, the Thanks, legend. Thanks, Mateus. I appreciate that. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about uh, Contrast today and show you serverless and, uh, you know, get right into it. All right, sweet. Let's dive right into the deep end. Um, my first question for you, we're just going to do a little bit of chit chat and then we'll get into the demo. Um, I'm just curious to know if you could tell us a bit about your product and what makes it different from other things on the market right now. Yeah, so uh, Contrast is a platform of products. So we try to provide everything that you would need in order to add automation to an application security program. Um, our array of products is a little different than what you'll find from other vendors. So, uh, you know, instead of sort of the traditional SAS, DAST, SCA, WAF kind of lineup, our platform is built from like the most modern tools available. So we focus on IAST and uh, sort of dynamic SCA that, that happens at runtime. We have uh, a serverless tool that I'm going to show you today. And then we also have a, uh, a very modern static analysis tool that uh, we call Pipeline Native. Um, so you get kind of a, a different set of tools in the platform uh, that we think are much more effective at building an AppSec program. I, I can't hear you. There we go. I'm really yeah. diligent about a mute button. Um, <laughs> so I'm just curious to know, uh, what have your users found so far to be the most helpful about the product? I know it's kind of new and you'd probably have some relatively new feedback, but uh, yeah, what have users really liked? Well, one of the big things, one of our philosophies is that you really need to analyze an application from the inside out. And, you know, we do that with IAST, we get right inside the running application and we directly measure security with the full context. We do that with our SCA tool. We watch the applications it runs. So you don't just see what libraries are in your source code repo. You see what libraries are actually in use in the real running application and what parts of the libraries are being used and which libraries aren't used at all. And in serverless context, we think it's really important to not just do a static scan of the serverless code because you can only get a, a sort of a, a pinhole window, you know, like the keyhole look at what's going on there. Instead, we install right into your AWS environment and we can see you know, all the functions as well as all the context and we watch the, uh, the serverless functions run and get just a huge amount of context around what's really vulnerable in that environment. So our customers have uh, really liked two things about our, our serverless product. One is that it's super fast to install. It just, you know, it's like three clicks and I'll show you this in just a second. And install it into your AWS environment, and then it just runs forever. Whenever you make a change to your serverless environment, it'll, you know, Contrast will automatically detect that change and rescan just the piece that needs to be rescanned. And then, so that's just, you know, getting it up and running is really easy. But uh, the other thing that they really like is the three kinds of analysis that it does on your serverless functions. So it's, 
analyzes all your serverless functions, the code for the serverless functions uh, for vulnerabilities. So there's a lot of products out there that'll you know scan a container or uh, you know look at your config, but to me that's not really serverless security. Serverless security to me is like let's look at the code of the serverless function and make sure it's not doing dangerous things. So that's that's one thing that we test for. We also analyze all the libraries that you use in your serverless functions, uh, so we get that uh, you know dependency analysis, and then we analyze. Uh, your serverless functions for the IAM permissions that they're using to make sure they're not using too much permission. If we can scale those back or if they're exposed in a way that they shouldn't be, then uh, we can warn you about those uh, permission issues that are so critical in that serverless environment. Wow, that that sounds like it does everything. <laughs> I especially <laughs> like hearing about the library components, the number of times uh, libraries are out of date and have the vulnerabilities and people just have kind of gapped on what what to check and such is just countless. And so that can be- Well, I'll say this about that is, uh, I think you should always analyze the code of your application and the libraries associated with your application together. In the mm -hmm. market, there's a lot of products that do one or the other thing, but really, in order to, to really understand security, you've got to analyze it when it's all put together because understanding the code vulnerabilities requires you to understand a lot about how the libraries are being used and vice versa. If you want to understand what library vulnerabilities are there, you have to understand how the code uses those libraries. So it's really one thing and it's artificially split in the market, but don't let your vendor tell you that's two separate products. It's one analysis. Jeff, you just gave me the best soundbite for later production. Uh, that was perfect. You're right. They shouldn't be separate. They should be. And to say they're artificially separated, point on. Oh, man. Um, so uh, as the audience can probably tell, Jeff really likes talking about security. Uh, and so I'm curious to know, um, our next question is, what have you liked about this product the most? Like, What really like just gets you fired up about this product? Well, to me, the, th the coolest thing about serverless is the, the rate at which it's being adopted by our, our customers and just the world in, in general. It's, this is a major shift in computing. I think like the first big shift was like from you know, desktop applications to web apps. And that dominated the market for 20 years, basically. But we're in the, in the midst of another shift, which is moving to... Uh, APIs and, and frankly, serverless deployments of those APIs is huge. I found this out recently. AWS spends one half of their marketing budget on serverless. Not all the other stuff that Amazon does, half their budget is spent on serverless because they think it's so important. And really it is, it's, it, you know, it's an incredibly fast way to deploy business logic and get it accessible and up and running. It, uh, you know, it's the, the amount of power that you have is just astounding. So, I, you know, I'm convinced this is the future of computing and we're going to see it everywhere. I think something like 25% of, of developers are using serverless technology now, or I guess they will be by next year. Uh, and it's, it's just growing incredibly fast. So that's what gets me excited is the, the, the promise of bringing better application security to all those developers so that we, you know, <laughs> I wrote the OS top 10 in 2002 and 
it really hasn't changed very much in the last 19 years. And so I'm, I'm always looking for opportunities to make big changes in the way that we secure our code. And I think this is, you know, a huge step that can push us in the right direction. I suppose it has potential to push us the wrong direction too. So that's why we're here. Um, so I, uh, I had a chit chat with uh, Tanya yesterday about serverless because I was just trying to get my head around it. I do the operations yeah. here at React Purple and, and such. And uh, my understanding about why serverless is going to be uh, so potent is that it substantially reduces bills and also it just reduces your attack surface. Can we just take a moment for people who might not be familiar with serverless and you can just kind of give a quick definition or rundown because you obviously yeah, feel very sure. passionate about it. Yeah, I mean, the basic idea is uh, that you can get away from running all the the infrastructure that you have to do to make code available in production. You know, if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, you would go get a piece of hardware and you'd run an operating system on that and you'd probably add uh, java.net on top of that and then you'd add uh, a, a framework and some libraries and some custom code and you'd spin all that stuff up and you'd manage it and maintain it. Well, with serverless, it's really just, you know, Amazon takes care of all of that stuff and you just add your little custom code, like just the code to one function and uh, they take care of running it, scaling it, managing it, uh, you know, sessions, everything. And uh, you can focus on what you're good at, like the code for your business. Now you said reducing the attack surface, I would probably change the way I'd phrase that. Like it, it, if you think about a monolithic application, it's got all those endpoints built into one big app. With serverless, you're breaking that application up into a whole bunch of little pieces. So it's not necessarily that there's less attack surface, but it is fragmented into a whole bunch of little pieces. And actually that's kind of one of the challenges with serverless is understanding how all those little pieces are configured how they connect to each other. And I'm going to show you some tools in a minute for how you can get your arms around that and, and understand what it's doing from a security perspective. Okay. That, uh, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like, uh, like I said, I'm not the techie. So, um, yeah. Um, so, uh, you've mentioned AWS a lot. And so I'm going to ask like right now, does it only work with AWS or is that going to be for everything? What's, what's the plans there? Yeah, no, we just started with AWS because that's, uh, you know, they're sort of the dominant platform for serverless right now. But, you know, Azure Functions and uh, maybe even Google Cloud are, are coming along. They're all offering serverless kind of capability. So we will be bringing our uh, serverless product to those environments as well. Of course, you got to go where it makes the most amount of sense and where the most market share is, right? Yep, exactly right. Can't okay. do everything. And uh, we always like to ask for our community members and those who follow us, um, our number one thing we'd like to ask is, is there a trial version available or is there something in the works or something that people can play around with, I guess? That's a great question. We just launched this. We make all of our products available through the Contrast Community Edition, which you can get yourself an account on. You can try our IAST and our RASP and our software composition analysis and uh, everything there. I don't think serverless is available there yet uh, because we really did just launch this about a month ago. So 
give us a minute. We'll add serverless there, and uh, then you can try it out on your own uh, serverless environments. All right. And uh, does this product come as a standalone, or is this part of your entire platform? Oh, yeah. So that's worth explaining a little bit. So there are those five products that I showed in the contrast platform. And uh, you can buy them individually. Generally, we bundle OSS with our other products. So it comes automatically with Assess and Scan and Serverless, um, all the, the kind of pre-prod things, because we think it's important to analyze libraries uh, along with doing the, the code. But uh, yeah, you can, you can buy Assess separately and a lot of people buy Assess and Protect. OSS comes with it, and then they use uh, Scan and Serverless as you know those environments as needed. But uh, you know, I think really we're trying to provide the whole platform as like all the tools that you would need to secure a whole enterprise portfolio full of applications. And you know, we've put a real premium on accuracy and scalability. And I'll, I'll talk for a second about why that's so important. Like. Accuracy is absolutely critical in these tools because if you're not accurate, then you have to have experts involved to clean up the mess, right? Like whether it's a false positive, which you need to go rule out, or a false negative where your tool actually missed something that's real, you need experts to resolve both of those situations. And so, you know, that's why we founded Contrast was frustration with traditional AppSec tools because they were so inaccurate. And uh, so, you know, one of the things that we do is by making it accurate, we can create these tight feedback loops to developers so they can fix their own stuff. And like, really, it changes the, the nature of your AppSec program. It becomes much more DevSecOps oriented. People might call it shift left. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that term, but like, that's the idea. And I'm not a huge fan because you also need to shift right. And that's what this runtime protection piece is about. Um, but I was saying accuracy and scalability. The other thing is it has to scale. And, you know, if, if scans require experts and take hours to run, it can't scale. Like there's no way to take that to a portfolio of hundreds or thousands of applications because it's just too much bottleneck from a security team. So, you know, one of the things that that Contrast did was say, hey, we're going to make this a distributed solution. So, when you deploy contrast assess or OSS or protect or scan, we deploy with the application itself, as opposed to being like a central scan server kind of deployment. It deploys out with the application. And that has two advantages. It, it lets us get inside the running app so we can be really accurate. And it allows this distributed approach. So we can scan thousands or tens of thousands of applications in parallel and report all that data in continuously. So, you know, that, that's just, and, it's, and the serverless project's exactly the same, right? We can run on any number of serverless apps because it's actually, we're in your environment running as part of your, your infrastructure. And uh, so, you know, it, we're, not, we're not limited by having a central kind of architecture. I understand what you mean. I've uh, read a fair amount of articles and then, talk to people on Twitter. It's like, you buy the tool, you do the scans, and then you're like, oh, look at all these things that are on fire. And now it's like, well, who's going to fix it? 
right? That's <laughs> why when I see that when I see that you got those code snippets ready to like with the solution, it's such a massive time saver because you're just not like, okay, this is on fire now. I need to like go Google the solution or go talk to like yeah. the Java expert. It's like there's at least like a recommended solution here, and that's one thing that you don't understand. And then you like you said, you scale that more products, more products, more products that you got to scan and check for, and then you need more people to fix it. And so that accuracy really is a time saver. And so, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I could think of some metaphors where it's, uh, uh, what's the expression? Um, penny wise, pound foolish. Yeah. Right? I've done that to myself on like some home renovations. So you just need <laughs> to think about, you just need to think about, Hmm, is this, is this really that expensive? So that's like really wild to hear about. Well, I wanted to show this really quickly. Like the result of all that is a program that really works. And you can see here, now, this organization, we scaled up to 2,000 applications over three years. We could go a lot faster, but this is just how they happen to roll out the product. But um, here's kind of the, the, you know, the vulnerability discovery curve you can see. They discovered a lot of vulnerabilities over that time. But what's cool is this blue part is the fixed vulnerabilities. So like the remediation is keeping up with the discovery rate, right? There's a little lag, but... You can see they're, you know, they fixed 87% of their vulnerabilities. That's huge. Uh, and so, you know, we're really excited about that. When you look at MTTR, and I think, you know, everybody should be measuring mean time to remediate. It's one of the best measures of whether your AppSec program has really shifted left. If you're taking a really long time to fix vulnerabilities, then you probably didn't get them to the developer that needed them in time with the right information to get them fixed. So what we've seen is, uh, you know, industry average here, by the way, for, for static analysis in large enterprises, the average time to fix a vulnerability is 315 days, which is just way too long. That's not a tight feedback loop. That's almost a year. And so you know, this organization has, has drummed that down to, uh, you can see it's like, 50 days for mean remediation here. It's actually, many of our customers are down to eight days uh, for fixing vulnerabilities and some are at one, which is really exciting. So I get excited about MTTR. The other metric you might wanna look at is what we call the vulnerability escape rate. This is the rate at which new vulnerabilities are being introduced into development projects. And what we've seen is, uh, a, a dramatic drop from you know five or six vulnerabilities a month when people come on board with contrast over the next few months that rate goes down as they learn uh, to less than one and that's really exciting because if you're producing less than one vulnerability per month on your project that's really easily managed it doesn't it's not very expensive to run a, a appsite program that way it's very I would call it a healthy lifestyle right? And uh, so that's kind of what we aim for is to help companies drive down their MTTR and vulnerability escape rate till they're healthy. I totally agree uh, on, on the MTTR and especially the prevention, right? Because it's not, it's not, people are going to be able to fix their code and not have to like, burden, not burden, but like, you know, take resources from, from the team. But I really want to, the, the top right graph uh, there on remediation some people might go, well, the gap still looks like relatively the same, but th when you scale 
that much when you add 2000 apps over three years that's right like your resources what's happening is you're trying to still use one person to do the same amount of work and so by keeping that gap closer is like you normally wouldn't see that it would just get more and more because you're bringing on more problems yeah that's right uh, this gap is mostly like new applications coming online every time you do that it goes up 30 or 40 vulnerabilities right so keeping it close is is really important because if not yeah, I could imagine that blue being substantially lower in a lot of cases. As well, if you look at a, a, a company using static analysis, you'll see like the you know the the blue part is really small; it doesn't go up very quickly. But I really encourage you to look at vulnerability escape rate in your organization. Like, what's the rate of new vulnerabilities coming in? Because if you can drive that down, it really represents learning. It means your developers aren't introducing those same vulnerabilities, and. Uh, it's obviously much, much more cost-effective to prevent a vulnerability from ever existing than it is, even if you find it quickly and fix it and retest it and redeploy, it's still a lot of cost to that. So it's much cheaper to just you know, prevent that vulnerability from existing because your developers don't do that anymore. And that's what we're seeing after people use contrast for a while. That is really wild. Um... <laughs> It just sounds like your your tool helps uh, devs learn along the way. Like it's, oh, look, I, I taught instructor-led classes for a long time, and I'm you know I, I think I was a pretty good teacher, but that's why that's why I created WebGoat in the first place was to teach classes to people, and uh, I don't think it's that effective. I think it's uh, it's very hard to learn that way because it's always has to be generic to a certain extent, right? Like you can teach somebody about SQL injection, but how much does that really teach them about their environment? Like their use of Python in AWS using DynamoDB, uh, you know, with a certain library, like that's what they need to know. And you're teaching them these, you know, these generic concepts that they have to then translate to what they're doing. And that translation is really difficult. It's expensive. Uh, and so, I think giving them, someone called this uh, just-in-time training. And if you give them accurate feedback on the code that they're writing and say, hey, your permission thing should look like this <laughs> and copy and paste this in, they're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do that next time. And like everything changes about how they write code uh, in a secure manner. Totally. I'm uh, reading a, a book right now called The uh, Standout, Standout Developer. And it's one thing that uh, the author talks about. She says, it's one thing to do all these tutorials, but to actually like go get your hands into an open source project or like to learn on the fly and like see these things just gets into your brain a lot faster and just makes you a, a better dev. So to have a tool along the way that can help you do that as well, it's just not a resource. It's like doing the thing that you kind of need to do. So well, I can't wait really to really come well. back and show you the rest of contrast because uh, there's, you know, quite a lot of other things that we should really dig into, but uh, this was a great, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to you all about what we're doing in serverless. All right. Uh, so folks, we are going to have Jeff back to talk more about uh, his other products and uh, can't wait to see you then, Jeff. So thank you so much and uh, see you all next time. Thanks everybody.